0: The world of story has captivated humanity since the dawn of time. The oldest known form of communication, verbal storytelling is responsible for the continuity and development of civilization from its most primitive moments to its most advanced. Story involves a sense of mystical wonder, but is also a powerful medium for communicating real and concrete ideas that shape people's lives and make them take action. Steve Schramm, marketer, nonfiction writer, and story nerd, and Alex Jagir, fiction writer, wannabe game designer, and story nerd, join forces as worlds collide to discuss how story is the most powerful concept ever known and how it interacts with each and every aspect of our lives, from the most magical to the most mundane. So there's an ancient story of a, uh, a king a mighty a mighty ruler who was supposed to come and be the savior for his people and and the, the expectation really of this of this savior of this of this coming king was that he was going to save these people who were in exile and in affliction and being being taken over and and you know destroyed by their mortal enemies this king was supposed to come in a in a powerful you know militaristic style and completely save his people from themselves basically and from their enemies forever and then all of the world was supposed to be right and as most stories go happily ever after but that's not the way that the story went. Um, the story, the familiar story that you know and I know is 2,000 years ago or so, a baby was born into the world. The angel declared to his mother Mary, that uh, who was a virgin, by the way, that she was going to give birth to this coming savior. And of course, if you're familiar at all with storytelling, then you are aware that we're talking about the story of the Bible. We're talking about Jesus of Nazareth, the Messiah of Israel, who was supposed to be this coming king, but instead was born into the world as a baby. And he was not the the, the people that Israel were expecting. In fact, when he finally arrived on the scene, there were many who did believe him, but many who didn't believe him, even many in his own family completely rejected him. And even though he declared to be the Messiah of Israel and was uh, impressive to the leaders in the temple and to many other followers who he did um, uh, gain over time, eventually he was crucified by those same Jewish rulers that he was come into the world and born into the world to save that is the story of of Jesus Jesus of Nazareth who is considered no matter whether you're a christian or you're of some other faith or you're of no faith at all that is the story of Jesus the 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 teacher who was known for his parables for his storytelling for his teaching style and i think that Jesus is the 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 story of Jesus is frankly I think it's the true story of the world. I mean, think about it. If this story really is the true story of the world, then it makes a ton of sense that this is why stories would resonate so deeply and be so powerful. Well I've talked for a while. This is a brand new podcast. If you're listening, my name is Steve Shram. I got my buddy Alex on the line with me. How's it going, Alex?
1: Hey, yep. I'm Alex Shagir. Happy to to do this with you. I'm yeah, excited. man.
0: Absolutely. Uh, Alex is my good buddy and my, and my good friend. And this this podcast is something that we had been talking about recently. The other night, we were uh, celebrating Christmas together and uh, our family over at uh, with his family at their house, and we were we were having a great time. And we just started talking about this concept of story and storytelling. And Alex. Uh, can tell you about himself better than I can, but he's a fiction writer. He's a game designer. He's an absolute nerd about story. and the the uh, ironic thing is that on on my end, I'm a nonfiction writer um, and a and a marketer. And I'm also a huge story nerd. And it's so funny that we were able to get together and talk so fluently about this thing called story even though we approach it from completely different angles. And so I, being a marketer, I had the idea like, what if we could discuss these things, me and Alex, on a podcast together and do the benefit of, of, of those who would would listen because we can talk about story from so many different interesting angles and how it all Weaves together. So that is this podcast. This is Story world, talking all about the world of story as it relates to to marketing, as it relates to to fiction, and uh, as it relates to everything else. so i'm I'm excited about this, Alex,
1: yeah. I'm excited too. And uh, kind of like what you said, um, it, it's funny because I know that you have never been much of a fiction reader in general. Whereas I, on the other hand, have really been into that. And so when we got start talking about uh, stories and everything, um, obviously, I've heard people in business and, you know, sitting in the classroom, you know, tell up front, but I've never really, uh, you know, considered it how, how influential it could be on the business side of things. And of course it is. So I'm looking forward to kind of combining our minds and digging into it, seeing where it goes.
0: Yeah. The, you know, the funny, the funny part about all this is here we are, we're doing a podcast about story. And, um, I think of one of the, one of the recent stories that I've gotten into is the Lord of the Rings. And, and that was your fault. Uh, you know, you, you, you had mentioned that you were such a big fan of it. And I was like, you know, I've never, I've never really seen it before, but I have an appreciation for Tolkien and for, um, for Lewis as, as well, uh, because their stories are, you know, I, I, I come from a, you know, we both do, we come from a, the background of the Christian faith which is probably no surprise after the opening story I just mentioned, but uh, it, it's like I so I've, I've always had an appreciation for the way that guys like this have seen the world and the way they've written about it. But yeah, I I've spent you know before I was doing what I'm doing now, which is which is marketing. I was completely focused on on music, and we're going to talk about that too. Music has a lot to do with story, but but I was completely focused on my my music career and things that were happening there. Um, and then when I came off the road and settled down, I got into this marketing thing, and I've just been going heavy into trying to build this business for the last six years or so, really to my own, I mean, it's don't get me wrong, I'm happy with what has happened, and, and you know, it's been really great, but uh, I neglected my own entertainment, um, and I found entertainment in my work, which is, again, good. But uh, I I I'm sad that I missed out on years of entertainment through video games, through fiction books, through even watching uh, movies and and TV. Like I like I really want you to be able to engage with stories regularly, and so I'm I'm appreciative of this opportunity. Well, first of all, I'm appreciative for having met you for for of course a number of reasons, but definitely because you're getting me into the fiction side of things and giving me an even deeper appreciation for, for how fiction works. And um, I, so I think that's going to be um, you know, something important as we look at the different angles, marketing and fiction, et cetera. Like how, how do these things work together to help produce the world that we live in?
1: Yeah, absolutely. And it's funny how uh, you kind of focused on your career side of things, marketing and business. And even though I kind of stuck with um, reading fiction and playing video games and enjoying stories told through there. I actually, you know, still focused a lot on my career as well. You know, I got my MBA working in the finance world. And so we actually kind of followed a little similar path, except I think I invested a little bit, maybe too much time into playing a little bit of video games and, uh, and reading <laughs> when I probably should have been creating my own content. But uh, yeah, so.
0: Yeah. Well, it's, yeah, it's, it's interesting where those, where those worlds uh, converge, and that's what this—that's what this podcast is—is is all about. So, um, I want to read a quote uh, for Wikipedia, which, ironically, when I was growing up in school, you like you weren't allowed to quote Wikipedia, but uh, now it's—it's become a little bit better source because they've got a citation system and things in there, and they're maybe not perfect. But I—I—in I, I, doing some research for this podcast episode and really just setting up the future of of what discussion is going to look like on this podcast, I, I felt that I wanted to. Uh, really hone in on why story was important. I wanted to talk about, in a sense, the story of stories. Like, why do stories matter? Why do they resonate with us so much? And so I, I wanted to read this quote to you. It says that storytelling, intertwined with the development of mythologies, predates writing. The earliest forms of storytelling were usually oral, combined with gestures and expressions. Some archaeologists believe that rock art in addition to a role in religious rituals, may have served as a form of storytelling for many ancient cultures. The Australian Aboriginal people painted symbols which also appear in stories on cave walls as a means of helping the storyteller remember the story. The story was then told using a combination of oral narrative, music, rock art, and dance, which bring understanding and meaning to human existence through the remembrance and enactment of stories. People have always used the carved trunks of living trees and ephemeral media, such as sand and leaves, to record folktales in pictures or with writing. Complex forms of tattooing may also represent stories with information about genealogy, affiliation, and social status. That's the end of the quote. And as I read that, I just think of, of how how universal this whole concept is and how, how old it is. I mean, older than writing. I mean, this is how people shared with each other for millennia. I mean, as, as humans were developing and growing and learning how to interact with the world, they were telling stories all along the way. So, I mean, it's no wonder to me how important and impactful uh, stories tend to be.
1: And how um, the variety that they come in up um just kind of focusing on the last line, of the quote, you said how uh, the complex forms of tattooing would indicate a certain, you know, either hierarchy or your position or, you know, your status. Well, think about tattoos today. I know that tattoos, especially kind of in the Christ- Christian community are kind of taboo, you know, you're not yeah, supposed to get a tattoo, sure. but like, for instance, like my wife has a um, tattoo <laughs> and I'll probably vouch what it really exactly means, but it's of uh, serotonin and it's a, uh, what she lacks. She, you know, she has uh, anxiety and, uh, and so sometimes she goes through that and uh but she's been able to connect with a lot of people who say hey i really like your tattoo what does it mean and above the chemical makeup for serotonin it says uh, he is greater than i so she every time someone asks she says oh it means that god is greater than me and my anxiety
0: um oh, i love that so, oh that's so, so cool.
1: obviously so obviously from a christian perspective that's great you know an, an awesome opportunity to kind of witness but even uh, looking at, aside from that um sometimes i'll see a tattoo on someone and it's not just you know say if it's a i don't know if if it's a horse with a skull behind it or something there's usually a story there it's not i mean i assume probably some people have got random tattoos a picture just because they like the picture but a lot of times people get tattoos to tell a story about their life or something that happened to them
0: yeah isn't that isn't that so interesting i don't think i ever thought about that but absolutely It, it almost commemorates um events that have happened or or a certain right a certain aspect of someone's life that they want to be able to communicate to to others and and that is all about sharing stories i mean it's it's no you know people don't people just aren't interested necessarily in like in the facts of the case and and um as as per the usual with with a first podcast episode like this we're going to be hinting at some things that we're definitely going to be talking about um you know, later on into into the future, but it's like, you know, with stories you can even manipulate. I mean, you can you can even you can tell stories that are not true in such a way as to make people believe that they are true. Of course, it's called a, a lie or in story terms like a tall tale or a, a fib or whatever. Um, and so, because story in itself is so compelling, it has the power to emotionally and and psychologically sway. And involve you even apart from the facts of the matter. Um, and so people care about emotion more even than they care about uh, logic. Like that's one of the interesting marketing things that I, I learned uh, as it relates to copywriting and such. Is that like when you're when you when you're selling something, about 50% of the people who will buy your your product or your service are going to buy based on some emotional connection that they have with you. So like people who are first getting into marketing or first getting into business, uh, a lot of times they are very slow to start making uh, sales. And um, the the reason is almost always because they're bad storytellers. You've only got about 25% of people who are going to buy based on logic and another 25% of people who are going to buy based on urgency and scarcity. And so like beginner sales campaigns that you see focus heavy on benefits. You know, the reasons why you should buy a thing and that's logic and that's, and that's, it's good, but it it doesn't go far enough. It'll only capture about 25% of your potential buyers or they'll focus on, you know, hurry while supplies last or, you know, 10% coupon only through the end of the weekend or, or whatever. But again, that's only going to capture another 25% maybe of people who would potentially buy. That means 50% of the customers who would buy your thing you're leaving on the table because you didn't make an emotional connection with them. And the big irony of that whole thing is that because we're humans, because we thrive on story, because we, story is literally built into our psyche. It predates, it predates the written language. Um, It's the, it's in many ways, the easiest connection to make with people. It's the most human thing that we do. And yet many of us fail to, uh, failed to do it and, and failed to do it properly. And even more of us failed to appreciate it.
1: Well, you see that too, kind of relating it to the fiction side of things. I think about how many books I've picked up and read at parts noble, just browsing through and granted some, some of the times it's uh, just how, how the writer writes that I don't like, but same with video games too. I will start a book or start a video game, especially since I've gotten older now and I'll get partial way through it. And usually I like to finish things. I don't like to start things and finish them, but. With my time management now, I just don't have time for, I guess, the lack of proper storytelling. I guess that's the best way to put it. And I've stopped books and I've stopped video games because it doesn't seem real. It doesn't deliver on how (coughs) we interact and talk with each other. And so almost when you tell a story, you're almost kind of delivering on a promise. Think about if that comedian gets up and tells a story that doesn't really relate with human behavior. The audience isn't going to really fit with that that's why good comedians can tell good stories that actually relate to how humans behave and interact with each other
0: <laughs> oh wow that's a really good point and i never thought about that with respect to uh comedy um and it you know that brings another thought to mind that there is uh again from the marketing angle which is why this is so interesting is because I'm always thinking in this marketing mode and you're sort of always thinking in this fiction mode and how those blend together. Like I'm already loving this because it's just, it's so interesting how you can riff off a set of ideas on this side, but then on the other side, those ideas apply uh, too. And and so, you know, the more you talk about it and the more you think about it, the, the better you can get it recognized in these patterns.
1: Um, well, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Well, please. I'm sure that there's probably studies on this and we're just asking questions that have already been answered, but there's... Obviously, there's universal truths that relate to storytelling, um, whether it relates mm. to selling stuff on the marketing side or telling an entertaining fictional story. There has to be some type of universal thing where, think you know, things yeah. have to be true in order for it to deliver the right message.
0: Mm. Yeah, I think you are. I think you're right. Well, they have to be. They have to be, in a sense, objectively objectively true. Um and, and so this is a tangent, but it's a better tangent than the one I was going to go down a minute ago. So I like this. Uh, the 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 reality is we're not interested in fake, um, but fiction is not fake. Fiction is a I mean a, a, you're not supposed to define a word by using the word right, but 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 fiction it is fictional. It is it is not real. But what it but what fiction usually speaks to or teaches the underlying truth is usually a universal constant truth and that's what makes you resonate with it right? I mean when when, when Luke Skywalker you know blows up the Death Star um, he's it's obviously not real like nobody actually thinks that Luke Skywalker blew up a Death Star somewhere that's fictional It is, it is, it is it is not real it's fabricated however it speaks to at least three, probably more, universal human truths, right? It, it speaks externally to the fact that Luke had a, a mission to complete, and he wasn't going to complete his story unless he completed the mission. And we're all like that, too. I mean, we show, to work every, we show up to work every day with objectives. We have a, goals and objectives and things in our lives, and if we don't complete the goal, then just, then then our story, you know, doesn't have a happy ending. It has a sad ending. So there's that. Um there's the internal story of luke's struggle with coming into himself right it's almost a coming of age kind of thing in, in a way right like like luke has a lot to learn about himself he has to grow confidence that he is able to to take on such an evil force um as the empire and and in that moment when he hit you know pulled the trigger and blew the thing up he he proved that he could complete his mission and that he had grown into a, a confident person who, um, he was growing into the kind of person that he should have been right. Character development. And then the third piece of that puzzle is the philosophical truth. And then this is where, this is, I think what you're kind of getting at. Um, and that is that, that in that scene, not only did those two things happen, uh, but the philosophical battle of good versus evil in that moment was one. And, Regardless of whether you have a character who is fictional or a character who is real, you have these internal belief elements, external uh, belief elements, and philosophical elements. That uh, that if they are if they are not true, right? Stories in which evil wins are are like nobody likes those kinds of stories. At least nobody I'm aware of. And why is that? it's because it's not true in reality. Evil is not better than good. Evil does not win in reality. And so when we see a a story that is incongruent with with the way that reality actually is, that we define that as a bad story and we stop reading. Does that make sense?
1: We either sometimes see it as a bad story or if if it truly is well done, because obviously we all experience sorrow and bad things in our life. So If a book or movie or a story ends, it does be or a story ends, it does end defeat or sadness. As long as it's delivered properly and follows the truths of how humans behave and what happens to humans, we leave, you know, the theater or leave the book feeling sad. And that's, you know, a well-written book or well-developed story because it's. I guess wrong is not the right word because it's, it's correct, but something ends in a bad way. You're going to feel sad because that's not how it's sure. quote unquote supposed to be, you know?
0: Well, right. But that, so that, that's, that's yourself. true, right? That's exactly the same thing. Yeah. It, it's the philosophical truth that, 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 yeah, this, this ended wrongly because, and this isn't the way it was supposed to end. Yeah, exactly.
1: Then yeah, absolutely. And just one more um, kind of, I think something you said brought it up, but the thing with it, at least kind of how I think with fiction writing that, you have truths and untruths with I guess you can call it lies, but I call it I, I kind of like untruths better in fiction writing. Really the only thing that has to be true is the human behavior. If you have humans behaving not like humans, people aren't gonna be able to, to relate to it, you're not gonna be able to tell mm-hmm. a good story. So for instance, um like in Dune, think of how many untruths or false things are in there, the uh, the sandworms, um, you know, the spices. Of course, we have drugs on Earth, but obviously, this is something totally <laughs> different. Uh, yeah, the uh, but, you know the, uh, <laughs> the 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 spaceships. I mean, everything with it is just not true. Those things do not exist. But and I I've only read Dune once, so I'm I'm not an official geek yet of Dune, but I want to be. Um, but <laughs> it's one of the most well-told stories of how um, just human establishments work and government and. And how people interact with each other and it talks a lot about faith too and what people believe and so that's why that story captivates me so much because there's so much human truth in there and that's really what matters whether it's fiction nonfiction, is as long as that that human element of truth is there it and you tell it well it, you know good chance it might be a good
0: story yeah yeah that makes a that makes a ton of sense um yeah i mean i see it everywhere um, it's it's really i had a realization so I'm gonna tell a story <laughs> um i uh growing up I loved gospel music and my my family I loved music in general i I always loved music and i um i my my grandfather played guitar and I was always so sad right because I, I never got to like he would never take the thing out I think he had trouble because he had lost some fingers and stuff and he had trouble playing and I think it was just a you know one of those things that he tried to put away and not really get into but I, I was constantly into it and so anytime that he would play the piano or he would get the guitar down and play it a little bit you know, I was really, really fascinated uh, by that. So I, I grew up loving music and uh, started, you know, to kind of get into the rock band scene and things like that just before I left New Jersey. This was in 2004, late 2004. And I and, and so I was right, my, my my love for music was just sort of blossoming and moved to Mount Airy, North Carolina, and uh, currently live in Statesville, North Carolina, which is a little ways from, uh, from Mount Airy, about an hour. And I... We, we, we moved to Mount Airy, and at that time, uh, I didn't know it, but Mount Airy was very musically uh, blessed for many different reasons. And I'll, I'll get into some of that in a, se- in a second. Um, but we, we moved down there uh, originally so that that my mom uh, could, could kind of reunite with an old uh, boyfriend, and you know, that could go all into it. Sadly, that didn't work out, but um, he uh, owned a recording studio, and I, I remember the first day, uh, it was my first day of school in the, in the um, I guess what you'd call spring semester. Right? It started in January uh, at a new school, new place or whatever. It was the first day of school. And after school, I was supposed to go to the recording studio uh, because he had a gospel group and they were recording their new album that day. And so I, I went to the recording studio after school and I was like, I was hooked. I was like, dude, this is the coolest thing ever. If I could do this every day for the rest of my life, I would just be on cloud nine. Like, there's no way that people actually do this for a living and get paid, you know, get paid for it and paid well for it. I mean, there's just no way that, that anybody gets to do this. And um joined the band at school. And uh I never thought I would get into marching band, but I, I became a hardcore band nerd over the next, you know, four years, uh, or three and a half, I guess, um, in in high school. I was like, it was just awesome. Um, and so I, I was in the, I was there, I would I would travel a lot of times with this group. I would go in the recording studio any chance I got. And as as that part of, you know, life kind of came to an end, um, I didn't get to do that as much anymore. But I was attending a church and we were sitting in the audience, and uh, I there was a girl that I had a, a huge crush on. Uh, she was in my school, and obviously she was at the church or whatever, and I was looking for any opportunity I could to be around her. And uh, we were sitting together one day, and um, a, a group came to play in church. The name of the group was called uh, Driven. And it was three guys, um, and two of them were the normal band members, Jason and Brad, uh, and then uh, uh, Jason's little brother Jared was joining them just for this weekend. And he was there, and I you know, didn't think anything of it. Whatever, it was fine. It was just like any other group coming to play at church. Uh, cool, why not? Uh, nice little guest, and it was it was different. Well, about two weeks or so go by, and I find out that uh, Christina, the person who I had, had a crush on, um, was suddenly in a relationship. This was back in MySpace days. Okay. So this is like she had a MySpace account. And I saw that she was in a relationship with somebody. And I was like, oh my goodness, like I've totally missed my chance, apparently. Um come to find out, she was in a relationship with uh with Jared, uh the guy who was who was the brother of the of the guy who ran the band, Jason. And they were anyway, they were there and um He, uh, you know, I didn't think anything of it other than, okay, he was in the band. You know, that's kind of cool. He was a really good keyboardist. um, I noticed that for sure. Um, And I was like, but I didn't think much of it otherwise. And then I found out who he was. (laughs) And that's kind of the funny part of the story. Um, So his name is Jared Easter. I mean, today he's, you know, my best friend in the world. I mean, we've been best friends ever since, pretty much ever since, She introduced me to him, which was just a few short weeks after I found out that they were in a relationship. I found out who he was. And, um, you know, long story short, his family, the Easter family, is pretty much synonymous with gospel, uh, music, you know, somebody listening to this podcast may not necessarily know, uh, who, who any of these people are, but, but in the world of gospel, uh, the Easter brothers, Jeff and Sherry Easter, um, these are, these are very, very well-known individuals, uh, in, in, in that field. And so for me, it was kind of like, like a superstardom moment. So this guy was the, the, basically the grandson of the lead singer of the Easter brothers, which is a bluegrass gospel group that's been around for like 60 years. And I was freaking out. I found out that they had a recording studio and it was right down the road in Mount Airy from the recording studio that I first fell in love with recording music at. Uh, It was literally on the same road. What are the chances that like the two recording studios in Mount Airy, North Carolina are literally on the same road about um, less than a mile from each other. Like if you go to the end of the road uh, at Jared's house, uh, you know, you can actually um, look down the road and see the other studio. um, They're on the side of the road and so i got to i got to spend um the next so that was probably 2006 that i first um, really got to know them maybe maybe i don't know maybe the end of 2005 but probably 2006 or so and um from that moment, they became like, they became like family. We got together and I, I used to spend until six in the morning, you know, but I would, I would go over to the, his house really late at night. We would go in, into the recording studio that they had and record all night long. And I wouldn't even sleep. Or if I did, it was for about an hour or a half hour. And then I would wake up and go to school <laughs> the next day and tired as all get out. But like having done what I loved for, for the, uh, 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 you know, the whole night before. And one thing led to another and in two thousand and ten, I got to join the Easter Brothers as a band member. I, I got to become affectionately known as an Easter Bunny. That is a privilege that uh, few have. Uh, but uh, so anyway, I got to I got to join them. And this past, uh, I guess it's it's been a couple weeks ago now, um, maybe three weeks. Uh, I was driving home from the funeral of the last Easter brother who was who was living. He just passed away from COVID, his name is James, and the other two had passed in in recent years, we came off the road in late, uh, at the end of 2016, and then after that, everybody, you know, they all were getting really old, I mean, they were in their 80s, upper 80s, and um, just, you know, getting sick with different things or or whatever, and and James was, uh, James was still living up until a few weeks ago, Uh, he contracted COVID, and he just didn't, didn't make it, and it was really interesting, I told you that story, to tell you uh, this story and that is when when I was at his his funeral or his his memorial service his celebration of life however you want to put it um everybody that got up and spoke which was it was mostly different pastors who James being a gospel musician and preacher we, you know we had been in their churches over you know they had been in their churches over the course of the last you know 60 years at uh, at various points of their music career and it's interesting that what they what they kept doing is getting up and telling stories, and not, I mean, some of it was stories that they had personally had, you know, interactions with James, but interestingly, or with the Easter brothers in general, but interestingly, so many of the stories that were told were were James's stories or Russell or Ed's, one of the other Easter brothers, and what I. I, it, like, hit me driving home. I mean, I was really sad. I was crying. I had a horrible headache. Uh, but in the midst of all of that, because it's like it's like losing a grandfather. Frankly, it was like losing three grandfathers after you spend so much time with them on the bus, on the road and stuff. And um, it, I had this realization that literally their success, I mean— it might not be a stretch to say every bit of their success, <laughs> uh, other than of course, yeah, I believe of course the the Lord working in them and, and using them uh, w- was due to the fact that they they didn't just get up and like sing a song and then tell you a little bit about the song and then move on. They were storytellers. They they drew people into their into their world. You know, James has a fantastic testimony of being in prison and 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 the Lord using him coming out of prison, a preacher coming, coming there and preaching the gospel. And he got saved and, 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 and started to work for the Lord and, and all these different stories. And, and the, the, so the people who were, who were recounting his life, they weren't just, you know, spouting out facts about James or, or even saying, oh, James was such a good person, this, that, and the other thing. No, they were telling his stories. I, I, I recognized all the stories because I had heard them myself of him telling them for the six years that I was with them full-time on the road, um, you know, every, every, every weekend I would hear the same stories over and over again. And I thought, you know, after you do it for a while, it's kind of like, Oh man, it's ever going to end. Like they tell the same stories over and over, but it that's why they were successful. Right. So they were, they were drawing people. They were world building, if you will. Right. They were drawing people into their world and um, telling their stories. And then now their stories are being passed on by other people and will continue to be passed on for generations. And so that, that, I mean, I don't know if you have anything to say about that, but like that, for me, that was the 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 biggest realization ever that like success always seems to follow the most interesting stories.
1: It's um, it it's funny that you use the term world building because that's very common in in fictional lit- literature. You you world build. You have to world build your uh, you know, your story, your world. And kind of funny how you related that to a to something nonfiction, but it's true. You have this thought and how this person's world is and how they interact in their world, the person who they are. Um, so, um, I had a thought about, yeah, so, uh, telling the stories, think about when you were a kid, um, five years old, 10 years old, doesn't matter when you were a kid, who were your favorite kind of teachers or pastors or visiting preachers or wherever? They were the ones that told exciting stories. Um, At least for me, I always, I can't think of any off the top of my head, but whenever there was a recurring visiting preacher that came by, I would always remember, oh, this is the one that would like, you know, always tell a good story, maybe a lot. Yeah. It's always exciting. Now, think about as an adult, who are your favorite kind of pastors and preachers and everything? Are they typically still ones that can either tell things in entertaining ways and tell stories or are they kind of bland and boring? Maybe some of them are bland and boring.
0: (laughs) But Yeah. I no, mean, even I'm in college, with you. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I definitely in, prefer the storytellers.
1: Even in college, it was always nice hearing professors tell a funny story to get across a thought or information or just to relate to them. Think about, um, especially as a kid, you kind of get, you know, uh, um, you get starstruck when you meet someone famous and whatnot. And sometimes I can apply to an adult. I try to limit that because everyone is just a person doing their own thing. But if you, uh, I think about some concerts that I've gone to or, Listen to you know, famous speakers and they tell a story, you know, they stop the concert or whatever, and they're telling a story, and they tell a very real human story of something that happened to their life about like the next song or something, and it relates to you in a certain way where it almost washes away um that star factor, that famous factor, because it makes you realize, wow, like that's that's so human. And you can really relate to people through stories in that way. And so it it makes sense that. You know, yeah, the Easter Brothers would, you know, can build a lot of success off of telling stories because that's, it's just a natural way to reach people and connect with people.
0: Yeah, right. Like everybody felt like their friend. It was kind of like the guard was the guard was down, and it, it, I mean, they, you know, people had an awareness of who they were, and so right there was always that initial kind of starstruckness, if you will. But then, as soon as they open their mouth, you realize how human they are, and you identify with them and so yeah i think that's a that's a fantastic point that stories make you relatable i mean i actually took away a couple things from what you just said stories make you relatable stories help you remember i i I can't so i can't think you know to kind of start drawing this to a close I, i really can't think of a reason why any person should not be actively working on getting better at storytelling i mean it it is it even if you're not like which, if you're listening to this, you you probably already have like some some story nerd stuff, you know, going on. But it's like, if you're, if I I so one of the things I'm trying to do is uh create a writing habit uh, of writing for one hour every day. First thing I do when I wake up in the morning. Um from six to seven o'clock AM Eastern time. Anybody who's interested uh to know for whatever reason. Uh yeah, I'm trying to write.
1: I'll i I'll set my alarm so you so should remember that. <laughs>
0: yeah. Yeah. hundred percent. Uh right. And so it's like I'm, you know, what am I gonna write? Well, I've got a list of like priority things, but it could be it, you know, I want to start getting into fiction, uh, but I'm I'm writing, you know, emails, I'm writing um uh client like sales letters and things like that for for clients. Um mm-hmm. I'm writing uh, podcast outlines and, and, and notes for the various different you know podcasts that I do, and and, and so crafting the story of uh, or crafting the the honing the craft of writing it itself is is one huge thing that you can do. But within writing, no matter what kind of writing you're doing, I can't think of a of a, of a type of writing except for maybe like technical you know legal writing or or writing for a scientific journal or something. Outside of that. Um, almost all writing that you do, um, it can be uh, augmented or made better by storytelling. And so the better you get at telling stories, the more relatable you are, um, the better you get at listening to other people tell stories and then like, you know, coming back and asking questions or or jamming with them for a few minutes on what they've talked about. Um, that that just uh, it just makes you a more dynamic, interesting person. And so there are literally hundreds of reasons, if we were to start to list them out, I'm sure, uh, of why stories are so fascinating and so interesting. And that's what I think is going to make this podcast just huge, is that uh, you, it, it's such a universal principle that can apply in so many different areas. And without beating that dead horse, it's like uh, we, I hope that as we go through this podcast and we record different episodes, that you will find that, that you will, that, that yeah, that'll, that'll ring true to you, that, and and maybe you realize as a result of listening to this, that, you, you know, you're learning some things that, oh my gosh, what I learned in the Lord of the Rings can apply to the way that I, I, I sell my products in my store. You know, like who, who would have thought that? And yet, like, that is what the best business advice today is. And that's, it, it, you know, just for me, one of the big reasons why I started getting into fiction, uh, aside from Alex is telling me about the Lord of the Rings, but but if maybe you wanted to dive, uh, maybe you want to dive even deeper into it, is that like I don't necessarily want to get my info about how stories work and 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 being you know the emotional, the different things you can do with storytelling. Uh, I get a lot of information from other marketers about how that stuff works, but I want to experience it firsthand. I want to learn. I'm even trying to read books right now. About how to read a or how to write, excuse me, uh, fiction, and I want to, I want to, I want to hone the craft of writing fiction so that I can become better at storytelling for the things that I do in my normal, uh, you know, way of life, which is, uh, which is marketing and and business and sales, and uh, so it just, it just all works together. So you know, I guess uh, I'm going to let you, you know, give any parting thoughts you want to, Alex, but like for me. Uh, What I hope somebody like takes away from listening to this podcast is I hope they just just realize, you know, if if you if you stumbled across this podcast because you found an episode or whatever on on fiction writing that, that really piqued your interest. Maybe you saw it in a social media feed or something. And and now you're here and you went back to the very beginning and you downloaded the podcast and you are listening to my voice right now. Like if that is you, I hope something that you take away as you listen through to this podcast is that these concepts and these ideas are relatable to every single area of your life and I, I promise you that if even if your interest in it is 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 in one thing and in your that's your initial interest, if you will take these storytelling principles and just apply them across the board to every different area of your life and just start thinking in terms of stories, practically speaking, looking at every situation, looking at things that happen with your kids, things that happen with your spouse, things that happen at your job and and, and how you can take those ideas and turn them into compelling stories, you can literally do almost anything you want. There's nothing in the world that you can't have, no success that you can't see, um, and nothing that you can't you know, dream possible, no, no world that you can't create if you want to become a fiction writer after you get good at telling stories. The entire world opens up to you, and so I invite you to dive in.
1: Yeah, um, well said. I think, uh, really, I just have to agree with you. One thing that came to mind, uh, a old family friend of ours, I say old because... Um, <laughs> I won't say how old my dad is, but he was my dad's friend, and then I got to know him quite a bit growing up as a kid. Um, he taught creative writing um, where I'm from in Maine, and uh, he. One thing that um, he had said was that everyone should write a book in their life, and maybe that's kind of an extent. Maybe some people don't enjoy writing um, or can't write, or for whatever reason. But I think that the kind of the truth is kind of there. So whether you're someone who doesn't like to talk to people and might only have one or two close friends. Um, tell them some stories about your life and you know see how they react to that. And, you know just kind of share some experiences and practice there. Or if you're someone who's very outgoing and loves to tell stories already and is out there and out there, maybe learn about like effective ways to deliver a story and just so you can be that much more effective when you're talking with people and dealing with people. But there's always ways that we can improve our storytelling or just realizing what stories can do um i mean we've been talking i don't know if it's a half hour or 45 minutes but i've already have so many more thoughts about stories and how they you know affect people and what they mean to us so it's uh yeah i'm really excited to kind of take this little journey and just kind of see what we discover along the way and can share with everyone
0: yeah yeah 100 i i totally agree couldn't couldn't agree more That's going to do it for this uh, first and inaugural episode of the Story World podcast. And uh, again, if you're listening, we just want to, uh, I mean, we're just two guys chatting at 11 p.m. at night because uh, we're so passionate about this. And so, you know, that you would take any time to listen to it is just um, a great honor. And we hope that you will, st- you know, stick along with us and 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 join us for these conversations as we talk about story. Also, again, this is a new podcast, and I've been doing podcasts now in my uh, different endeavors uh, since 2017. And there's one thing I know about podcasts, and that's they are notoriously hard to get new listenership for. So. Uh, there are some things that you can do to help. I mean, I, I'll just give you one quick call to action here, and that would be tell somebody else about the podcast. You know, an easy way to do it is on your iPhone. You can literally just take a screenshot, drag the little bar up from the bottom and down from the top so that it just like shows the artwork of the podcast, and hit the share button, and you can post it right there to Facebook, to Twitter, to wherever, and just say, hey, enjoying this brand new podcast. And that's just one really practical you know, way that you can help us uh, get the word out. Of course, you're welcome to post about it elsewhere or, you know, of course, become a subscriber to the show as well. Um, and all of these things will, will help. I mean, if you're passionate about story like we are and you want to see this information get into the hands of more people and join the conversation, then please, please do that. Uh, I know we have some long-term plans. I'm not uh, executing anything uh, yet, frankly, because I'm just trying to navigate a new season of busyness in my own personal life. But um, I know we have eventual plans for, for putting out maybe a Facebook group or or maybe a Discord server, or or something where we can have more intimate conversation. So, if you're somebody who is, um, you know, interested in that, then uh, then you know, stick around. You'll, you know, we'll have some instructions about how to do that stuff in the future. And for now, that's going to be a wrap. That'll do it for this episode, and um, we'll see you guys in the next one. All right.
1: Thanks, everyone.